Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. Adherence on the path of Black Flame, and welcome to another episode of Phantology. My name is Ryan, and I am joined with fellow Phantology member Josh, and we are here to discuss books three and four of the Cradle Saga, I guess series, I don't know the, the correct term, but book three is called Black Flame, and book four is Skysorn. I have read these uh, about two months ago, and because of my astounding recommendation, Josh decided to follow me on this journey. So we're going to start off with spoiler-free thoughts, and then after that, we'll go into spoilers, So that, uh, and we'll give you a warning before we do that. Josh... Let's let's hear your high level review of these books. Okay, high level review. I think that they continue to meet my expectations for what the first two set, and um, I can't remember exactly why I gave the first two, but they were um, I think better than average. I'm enjoying them, and I'm still excited to keep uh, continuing on with the series. Um, I think, in my opinion, book three was a little bit stronger than book four. And we can get into details for for the reasons why in the spoiler section, but those are my high level thoughts. Um, The characters continue to develop well. Um, A point I made in the first review was that I hoped that more characters get built out well besides just uh, Yaren or Lyndon. And I think that has happened with both Yaren and Ethan. And so that was what I thought the series really needed to do if I was going to continue to uh, enjoy it and um it's done that well so those are my high level thoughts spoiler free great um so going back to our books one and two review i said book one was good and then i thought book two was better you said book one was good and book two regressed a little bit wasn't quite as good as book one so as far as books three and four i'm gonna have to agree with you i liked book three better than book four as well i think that um book three was exciting and a little bit more directed whereas book four it seemed i don't know not quite as focused for me Mm -hmm. on i don't know they were just kind of yeah okay i'm not going to go into any spoilers on on the actions of the characters but i i still think it's a decent book i don't know if it's my book four is my least favorite book up mm. through mm. the first four books oh, up through the first four i thought it was me of the whole series i was like i mean uh, yeah, honestly maybe maybe of the whole series it's the weakest mm. one for well, me personally that's kind of a good recommendation though i think if that's the weakest one then you know that's a pretty good weakest entry i guess mm-hmm. so, yeah. I, I would say it's the weakest of the first four as well i would agree with that yeah 
Um, but let's, uh, do you have anything else as far as high level to say? I don't think, I mean, obviously I, I think the, this is a great series. If you have read the first two books, then you might as well keep reading. Yeah. Well, I would say if you read and enjoyed the first two books, yeah, I that. think if you didn't enjoy them, then, you know, I don't think anything in these two books are going to really turn that around for you. Like mm-hmm. I, I do think book three, um, has been the strongest of them but not by a lot. Like, I think that they all hover around like the six to seven and a half range um, is kind of what I would say. So they're, they're all pretty comparable to each other in my, okay. in my opinion. So you think that in your mind, these books are, I think good, but not great. Yeah. But I think that there's an ability to have the sum be more than like the, the whole be more than the sum of the parts, if that makes sense. Kind yeah. of, I have similar thoughts with the Dresden files. Like there, there are some really, really great books in the Dresden files. I think that those have gotten higher than, than this kind of hard to compare. I don't want to really compare the two series, but in the sense that there's a lot of books in them. And as you go through, then the sum of all these books, even if not all of them are amazing books, like they're coming together in a way that is really, really compelling to me and building out mm-hmm. this really cool narrative. So I think that this definitely has the opportunity to do that, where even if none of the books individually like blow me away, the world and the way that it that, that builds out this cast of characters, I think has the potential to um, be really compelling. All right. Well, let's go into spoilers now. So if you're listening or watching, now's the time and you haven't read these books now's the time to stop and go read them and then come back and then finish up this review so specifically what did you think about the path of the black flame and linden linden going down it yeah really cool i mean i really you know who doesn't like dragons right and so they kind of like channeling first of all i think it's cool to have like a turtle be like kind of the emblematic dragon you know uh-huh. in this and I'm not gonna I, I hope we do see more you know dragon dragons but i do kind of like this the turtle being kind of like the little brother who has kind of something to prove that he's a dragon too you know yeah. i think it's fun i think it's a cool take i like that um linden is kind of resurrecting this path a little bit i mean i know that like there's still some like practitioners out there i'm still a little bit unclear on that yeah it's it's interesting because it seems like something that might be used by a villain, you know, like the, because mm-hmm. the path of the black flame, it's like so strong, but part of like the downside is that it's destructive towards uh, its followers because, and, and that, that's like the ultimate downfall. It seems like the tool a villain would use, you know, power at whatever cost. Mm, yeah. So it's interesting to see like a good protagonist like Lyndon going down this path. Totally agree. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that was a cool, a cool twist, a good way to go. I really like about this book. I really like the training sequence, like how most of it was set up in this kind of training yard um, with Lyndon and Yaren. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably the strongest part of the series so far, because it really helps build out their characters. It's a cool setting. I think that what these books do really good is focusing in on these like individual settings, which is why if you remember, I really liked book one because I thought Sacred Valley was uh, really well established uh-huh. and and thought out. And I, I kind of think that 
something similar with the kind of training ground with Lyndon and Yaren. I it felt like this cool built out place that I could kind of picture. I think that some of the magic kind of wears off when they kind of get out into the more open world because there's these politics and tribes and all these things, which I feel like I kind of have a grasp on, but also not following completely. That's just not really what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I like it when it's more focused and narrowed in on these on these interesting settings. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think the first two thirds of the book is probably focused on Lyndon training and Yaren's also training, although she's not training in the path of black flame, she is training alongside him. Uh, So most of it's focused on that, but then the last part of the book does open up a bit and it becomes more of the conflict of the Aurelius clan versus the, um, the Jai clan. So did Mm -hmm. you like it less when it opened up at that point? Yeah. I just, I don't really care about that conflict, you know? And mm-hmm. and from what it seems like, that conflict maybe kind of going away with more of the move towards like in book four, which we'll kind of get to, I guess, like more of the move towards um, fighting against like the the phoenix, the what the, the blood phoenix, the bleeding uh, phoenix, the I bleeding think. phoenix, yeah, and kind of more of the and I I do hope that these clans do continue to play a role, but I don't know, it just seems kind of like the Jai clan. clan is a way to introduce like some compelling mid-level villains, but Mm -hmm. it's not really holding my attention. Like I wish it would. Yeah. I, um, I thought it's interesting that, you know, the Aurelius clan, like literally are the janitors of the realm. And, um, they, you know, they obviously hold more power than you would think like a clan of janitors might, um, so I thought that was an interesting trope, whereas the Jai clan seem, you know, mostly like warriors. And it, it's interesting how, you know, these two could even have like a conflict it's to cute. begin with. But I thought it was I thought it was I actually kind of think I like the, the conflict more so than uh, the training. So I think mm-hmm. we liked opposite parts of the book a bit more. And I think I like that it's opening up a bit and you start getting more and more glimpses of like, first it was just sacred Valley. Then Lyndon's starting to be introduced, but it's like the outskirts of the rest of the world. Well, now he's like in the empire starting to get a sense of how things work, where clan Aurelius is. And you know, that at the end of book two, that Ethan Aurelius is an underlord and you're like, well how powerful is that and so now you're kind of you're starting to get a perspective you're like well he's the most powerful person around except for jai daisho and then in the in the back background is this whole lurking conflict with um with jai chen is that or no jai long and and so like they're training 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 and then it starts to kind of come to a head not necessarily the conflict between Linden and Jai Long, but the conflict between the Aurelius, the Aurelius clan and the, the Jai clan. Jai clan, yeah. Jai clan. Yeah. Um, specifically, what I really liked was that we learned another important thing about Athan at the end of this book. And that was that he is his path is pure Madra, which is totally mm-hmm. different from I think anybody was expecting, because like 
nobody up to this point uses pure madra and so it was kind of fun to see him fight jai daisho just with like a broom <laughs> that was that was gonna be my favorite part i think of the whole book was the broom the broom fight mm-hmm. and and uh it's like oh it was it in book four it might have been in book four but he's like oh they made me get out of the broom do you mean an actual broom yeah what else would i mean <laughs> I <think it's, laughs> it was pretty great yeah yeah I think that maybe one part that I didn't like about the path or about book three, Black Flame, was that it has built so much in anticipation of the fight between Lyndon and Jai Long, but we still don't see it at the end of that book. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I always thought that fight was going to be kind of underwhelming, which it, it wasn't, it wasn't. But I always thought it was just a way to like put some stakes on, make Lyndon continue to train really hard. And like I never thought it was gonna be obviously like that impactful, mainly just because we're like on book four of a you know, twelve how many book series? It's gonna be twelve books. Twelve yeah, twelve book series. Like uh so I think I was more forgiving of not seeing that fight at the end of that book because again, it's kind of more journey than destination at that point. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts before we move on to book four? Uh, yeah, let's see. Um, again, I think that the leveling up goes pretty well. Like, I think you have a good understanding, like what his powers are, what it's going to take to get to the next level. He always levels up in interesting ways, like bonding. Um, what's his name? Uh, or uh, Orthos. Uh, or Orthos. And then, you know, like I think that I think it's all pretty satisfying with how he handles how the different power levels are handled and and moving on moving up the levels and that continued through this book again i i really really enjoyed the really him and uh Yaren's relationship and him and ethan's relationship you know he's uh definitely seeing Yaren as like a leader but he's seeing that he is kind of like somebody he can look to kind of as a friend in some ways i feel like um and so it's fun to see that relationship develop. There's like kind of that, well, they won't they with him and Yaren building up. There's like some flirtation going on inside the like cave during the training. So those parts were all really strong for me. I, I enjoy it. I'm a sucker for those kind of uh, personal relationships on the books. And I also feel like you start to get a sense of what is Yaren's like ultimate fear? And what would you, you say it is? Of Yaren's ultimate fear? fear? Yeah. Or at least what I what I kind of think of it. Well, well, you I can't remember if this book three or four, but you see that the blood, the bleeding phoenixes, like killed her entire family. So it seems like something about the the uh, thing, the belt, the belt thing that she has. You find out is kind of like rim, like the yeah, and like I guess, that getting loose and killing people. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I, well, I mean, I think that's a good answer. I what I was more thinking of is. She she almost seems to be afraid of being alone, mm, yeah. Because, I mean, I think the worst parts of her life have been when she's been alone up to this point. Yeah. So in book four, um, it does go into like how, you know, the this parasite killed her family, and until the sword sage found her. So I mean, I guess it probably wasn't that long that she was alone in between there, but. And then after the sword stage died and then Lyndon came into her life. So she seems like 
she and Lyndon, like their relationship um, is strengthening. And also like, I think her dependence on him. I think that Lyndon is also like dependent on her, but she doesn't like want to tell Lyndon that like, Hey, I don't want you to leave. But at the same time, she's always really relieved when he sticks by her side. And, and it, it kind of happens a lot. Right. So I don't know if it happens too much, but where he's like, she's like, Oh, then just go. If you don't want to be with me. And it's like, or Lyndon's like, no, no, no. I want to be, you know, kind of like something for, for yeah, you know, but it, it is kind of, what's the word? Um, a lack of, a lack of confidence. Uh, what, what word am I trying to think of? Like it, it shows uh, Yaren's kind of lack of confidence or lack of self, like self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm missing the word, but like her insecurities, it shows uh, Yaren's insecurities a little bit with how quick she okay. is to be just be like, yeah, you should go, you know, you don't need to stick around me anymore. We already fulfilled our bargain or whatever. Yeah. Neither one of them actually want that. All right. So moving on to book four, this book starts very exciting in that we actually get to the duel between Lyndon and Jai Long. I thought that at the end of book three, I was like, oh no, we haven't gone to the duel. Now it's going to be like at the end of book four. But no, we actually jump right into into the duel. And it is it is exciting. It's funny because I remember um Jai Long, Lyndon's like using all of the tricks he can to win, obviously, because he's at such a significant disadvantage. But if I'm remembering it correctly, Jai Long tells Lyndon that he basically fights like a coward, right? Mm-hmm. During the duel. Yeah. And so that's like totally different where this culture that is, you know, all based on honor and like, you know, how you fight is um, is just as important as winning almost. And, you know, Lyndon's kind of like throwing that out the door a little bit. He's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm doing whatever it takes to win, you know, even if it's not the most honorable. And yeah, I think he even makes a comment like, oh, I wish I could have gone here earlier. I could have think, I could think of like, a million ways to cheat you know like i could mm-hmm. yeah and and that's kind of been his character it's like since the book one in sacred value value with the bees ever like those he's gonna do anything like yeah. he sees he sees winning as the end goal and like whatever you can do to get that is what you should be doing and if you're not doing that then you're not really playing to win mm-hmm. so yeah i think it is interesting like a, a lot of these kind of dishonorable things that you would usually associate with villains but he doesn't really, he's not really an anti-hero. Like you see stuff no. like that with like Jorg and like, and uh, Jorg of Ankath and the, what's that book series name? Broken Empire. Yeah. And the broken, in the Broken Empire books, it's like Jorg, like, uh, who can't, I can't see him doing those things, but it's presented in like a super negative yeah. way. Right. Whereas like, he's an anti-hero, like a super gray character. Whereas like Larry, or uh, oh gosh, I'm Linden. Linden. <laughs> Combine. That's their uh, ship name, but um, it's presented as a kind of endearing thing, right? Where he's he's not really a great character at all. Like, yeah, he's kind of a typical protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd anyway. say Lyndon is very much like other than that. You know, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of these things are things that you know might associate with like a, a antagonist or antihero, with you know him following the path of Black Flame and also him, you know whatever it takes to win uh, type of mentality. So he loses his arm as well during this duel. And then 
uh, it's quickly we we see another fight between Ethan and Jai Dai Show, which is uh, which is cool. We see another showdown, and it's pretty clear once again that Ethan is outmatching him. But even then, we see that um, uh, there's the there's the third Underlord who's kind of like trying to stop them from fighting. I forget his name though. You remember the leader of the Sky yeah. Sworn? Yeah, I'm, I'm forgetting his name too though. So I mean, I think I, I my point I guess is that the beginning is pretty exciting, and we see that like the bleeding phoenix is coming and the red house red moon red moon hall is coming yeah. that's their name right but i think after then after that the story just really loses a lot of steam it does yeah it's like they're kind of now kind they of like go, the... they go join the sky sworn yeah and then there's kind of like this like fake out like oh they offended somebody or oh they're gonna get killed for practicing the black the path of the black flame but no yeah. they're just gonna be put as foot soldiers and yeah. like it, it, this is what i mean uh this is kind of what i was thinking more when it like zooms out and it, it just it feels like the transitions are kind of sloppy if that makes sense like with going from setting to setting whereas when you get into the settings it's done really well but like when it's like okay kind of in book two when they were journeying to the house of or joining the house of aurelius like it just feel like there's these filler things that don't really make a lot of sense or they make sense, but like they're not super compelling, I guess. And yeah. that's where I feel like most of book four kind of hangs out in that zone of like, okay, we're moving from hanging out with Ethan, doing his thing, fighting the Jai clan. And now we're going through this weird transition where we're now Sky Sworn going to be fighting. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the most important parts of this book is that it once again, you know, it's starting, it's starting to dip your toes into like even greater and greater and you know parts of the world because at this point you know the black flame empire is like the the largest entity that we know but we're quickly learning that they're all they're like a very minor player in the world and they are like subservient to the akura clan yeah um and it's interesting to see like because they need to go to the akura clan for help it's interesting to see like how subservient when Ethan goes, even he is, you know, very, you know, like almost begging. It's like them begging yeah. for help. That just goes to show you like, even within the world, how much, like how small, you know, or how weak he, or not Ethan, Lyndon is so far, even, even four books in, he's still pretty uh, insignificant. I think as yeah. far as his power level, which like, wasn't the guy that came down in the first book to Sacred Valley? Wasn't he like a local or something? No, I don't. I don't remember exactly. I, I don't think they said exactly what he was, but they give him like a gold badge, and he was like, he said something along the lines of, like, oh, like I'll accept this because, like, the gold is gold is the most powerful thing you know. But I am. Like okay. so, so far was... beyond gold or something like that. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So uh, yeah. it, 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 he's beyond gold, but it, we don't know exactly where. I think that uh it is kind of cool because it, it shows like this this culture of respect that Sacred Valley kind of would inbreed and like would focus on how that does kind of transition out to the wider world. Like even if the highest people 
in Sacred Valley are like jades, right? Like even which is really relatively like a seven-year-old or whatever would become jade, you know, outside in, in the Black Flame Empire. But it still shows that like it's important to have that respect because there's so many different power levels. And as long as you're respectful, you might be able to. And I think like, you know, a lot of this is taken from, you know, you can see a lot of the influences um, from like Asian cultures, you know, where it's like very respectful of your elders. And I I think like, you know, a lot of that is channeled into this book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Along with kind of moving, I never did martial arts, but like going like different belts, you know? Yeah. Kind of of like that. Absolutely. Anyway, those are those are kind of my thoughts. I don't know. Do you want to get more specific? Not really. I mean, I, I think the other the other part of this book that so we start to see the bleeding phoenix, which is one of these mm-hmm. dread gods that you yeah. know is prof that Lyndon now knows will destroy his village. So you you start to see exactly you know what a dread god is, whereas before this it was you know a little uh nebulous yeah i kind of asked yeah i asked that in our last episode yeah Mm -hmm. i i don't really see it going this way but like i could kind of see this idea that like linden is the one that causes the destruction and i kind of hope it doesn't go there because that's not really the feeling of the books that i get but i i don't know anyway i don't i don't want spoilers obviously but that's one thing i'm kind of wary of so I'm like just that, trying to interpret. So you think that like in Lyndon's pursuit of trying to stop save, save Sacred Valley, save, he's the one that, he ends up causing it. Is that was that yeah. kind of Yeah, okay. that's kind of what I'm a little bit wary of, you know, because you can already kind of see like uh that maybe if if Lyndon hadn't done anything, like hadn't been there, then maybe the dread gods or the what what was it, the bleeding phoenix wouldn't have been awoken in the first place you know like Lyndon might be one of the dominoes yeah well we do see that when um i forget what his name was but one of the members of the abidon he learned like they detected the manipulation in cradle and so they saw that both there was tampering in athan and Lyndon's case right so in order to kind of restore balance, they they tilted it back in. Um, I, I think they used the case of when Jai, Jai Dai Shou was opening up the labyrinth to go in and get the powerful, um, the Archmage Stone, I think it was. There was a very slim chance that he would have, like a Dread God would have noticed. Right. But he kind of, the Abidon kind of dice. yeah weighed the dice um so that they would notice so i think that's an example mm-hmm. of exactly kind of what you were saying in the sense that like linden linden's ta- or surreal's tampering with linden and now linden's kind of cascading causing other ripples elsewhere in the world has caused them to wake up and directly wake up the dread god yeah and it's kind of interesting with uh um uh, osriel osriel giving yeah. the into Athan's great 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 grandfather or whatever and how like mm-hmm. him and Athan colliding is like making waves yeah, and fate it's magnifying you know? everything yeah it's kind of like exponential mm-hmm. fate being messed up yeah 
the last thing that I wanted to talk about was just the fight at the end. So they ask Akura, the Akura clan for help with this dread god. And then Akura Malice comes out and she's got that like huge, she's basically like this mecha, like fight. she has like this huge suit of purple armor and she's just like this towering giant fighting the um fighting the bleeding phoenix and Mm -hmm. um this is your first view of like the awesome power of a herald which is actually you know the top the tippy top of what we get on cradle so what'd you Mm -hmm. think about that yeah kind of reminiscent of like stormlight archive when like you see like well dang shouldn't spoil (laughs) the stormlight archive yeah don't spoil the stormlight archive yeah but you know what scene i'm talking about in stormlight archive anyway I won't spoil anything. Yeah, don't talk about it. But we'll um, talk about it after. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's really cool. I think it. You see, it's fun to see these power escalations, like I was saying before, and mm-hmm. it makes you excited for to be in the perspective of Lyndon, hopefully achieving something like that, and yeah. see the yeah how that what goes into. I just love how varied the paths are, like that Will White has created in this world. I mean, we've seen that. Yaren's on the path of the sword sage, you know, Linden's now on the path of the black flame. He's also doing uh, this pure Madra path that Athan's got a bit of himself. You see the stellar spear, which is the Jai clan uses that, you know, that there's like the wind, like the, the Naru clan, they have like the wings and mm-hmm. the emerald wings. And they like basically like control like air to to like hold people in place so there's just like so many different things i love how varied and different they are now now we've seen the akura clan and they've got like this purple magical armor it's that that's i think one of my favorite maybe my favorite parts about cradle i agree i think it's really solid when it comes to that yeah yeah and just how creative it gets so yeah so i think Let's wrap up this episode by saying, I think we did this last episode, um, what we would give each of these books out of 10 on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, one being the worst. Okay. So I'll go first. I think I would rate Black Flame probably seven, seven and a half, seven and a half out of 10. And I would probably give Sky Sworn a six out of 10. And that's mainly because I just think it loses its way in the middle and doesn't really find it till the end. So the beginning and the end are both pretty cool, but the middle, not so much. Yeah. I honestly had those exact same scores in mind. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think seven to seven and a half for black flame and then six, I think six is fair for sky That's exactly where I would put it too. Okay. Well, glad we're in agreement. Any other thoughts you want to share? Um, you know, not really. Just again, like even if these are kind of lower scores, like if you're a fan of the series, don't come after us. Like, because one, they're not really that low. And two, I think again, a series like this really benefits from from being so well, you know, built out. And it's mm-hmm. less about the individual book and more about um, the the saga as you refer to it in the beginning and how it how it fits together and the sum you know the the, the whole being greater than the sum of the parts so 
Um, I like it. I'm going to continue read it, reading it. Um, I think yeah. I'm, I'm taking a break. Uh, this is kind of a preview of what we have coming up to read The Way of Shadows. Um, and so I'm about 70% of the way through that. So I'm going to finish that. And then hopefully I'll go back and do another cradle book. And I might bounce between those two series for a little bit. Um, All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, if you liked what you heard or seen here, then you want to potentially talk about it some more. Tell us what we got wrong, what we got right, what you liked about it, suggestions for us in the future. We are happy to talk to you on our Phantology Discord. We have Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, pretty much most of the most of the social medias. I guess even TikTok too. I don't, I don't do TikTok, but yeah, we haven't been doing much TikTok at all. Okay. I, I was supposed to be doing that, but I've been failing uh, in that. So well, if you hate TikTok, you know. then you probably like us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that Venn diagram. Yeah. Well, um, until next time, this is me, Ryan, and Josh. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks.